0: Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself wrap up our discussion on Article 7 of the Augsburg Confession, looking at a New Testament passage and its application.
1: Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham.
0: And Pastor Brian Rickey.
1: Yes, welcome. We are continuing to talk about uh, Article 7 of the Augsburg Confession of the Church, and uh, we are doing our New Testament Bible study today.
2: Yeah, this one will have a little bit more of an obvious and direct connection mm-hmm. to Article 7, although uh, it may not have been obvious, but I think the connections that we did last episode in Psalm 149 were, were manifold and necessary and important and glorious. Mm-hmm. But this will give us more of a historic idea of the conception of the New Testament church. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, we can spend a fair amount of time tracing the threads of what the church is doing through scripture. It's, it's pretty obvious. I think from the get-go, even before you read it, we need to set up that what is happening in the church in verses 42 mm-hmm. through 47 of Acts chapter 2 yep. is flowing out of Peter's sermon on Pentecost. Mm-hmm. It is it is a response to and the outcome of the preaching of the gospel mm-hmm. to the masses, yeah, and that good, good. that has to be the foundation because that needs to be the identity of the New Testament church. It mm-hmm. must be a church that is grounded on the presentation of the gospel and the pronouncement mm-hmm. of the gospel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, good well let's let's read that uh, acts two forty two through forty seven says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Amen. Amen.
0: I don't know why, but that DC Talk song just popped in my head day by day.
1: Day by day by day by day. day. (laughs) Wow. There's
2: a derailer for Uh, you right there. DC Talk makes an appearance on the podcast yet again.
1: Down with the DC talk. We we are well steeped in (laughs) 90s CCM. Bad
2: 90s CCM culture references. Mm. We're your source, Mm -hmm. definitive source. (laughs) You know, so we should probably talk right away about how the DC existing, yeah, about D.C. talk. It'll be more productive yeah. than what I'm about to say, but we should probably talk right away about how the existence of the early church really promotes communism and socialism. Yeah.
1: Oh, no. You did not go there. I right, no. went right there. Let's, let's nip
2: that bud right away. Let's let's kill it, put it to death, and bury it outside. Sure. Uh, this is a great opportunity.
1: at all things in common.
2: Yeah, well, this is a great opportunity for us. To distinguish between prescriptive mm-hmm. and descriptive, mm-hmm. uh, the the unique activities of the church after Pentecost, situationally speaking, mm-hmm. uh, are descriptive. Mm-hmm. This is what the church did in the unique circumstances in the mid thirties A.D. following Peter, Peter's preaching of Christ mm-hmm. on Pentecost. 50 days after the ascension, mm-hmm. or 50 days after the crucifixion, and resurrection. Sorry, fifty days after Easter. Uh that is unique. Mm-hmm. What is prescriptive, while simultaneously also being descriptive, is the consistent activity of the church to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and the prayers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That is the, the defined Practices of the church that are prescribed in other places okay, in yeah. Scripture. Yeah, that's that, key,
1: because you could see that as descriptive as well. You, but
2: it, it is descriptive, right. but it is descriptive because it was prescriptive. Right. And in yep. in, in in multiple places, uh, we can find the teaching that the church is founded on the apostles' teachings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 comes into play, that yep. Scripture is the basis of... The church, mm-hmm. you know, the church is one foundation. You know, <laughs> you have a hymn that they're singing that church hymn is one uh, in in multiple places. In mm-hmm. especially well in Old Testament and New Testament, uh, we can find that the body of Christ, as the gathered people together of God together, yeah. is for the purpose of fellowship. Uh, mm-hmm. Another place where this would flow out of right. is uh, Hebrews ten twenty five. Mm-hmm. Do not neglect the meeting yeah. of yourselves together, yeah. knowing that this is the edification of the brethren. That's the yep. Jason Goodham paraphrase edition. Uh, the sacraments, breaking of
1: bread. <laughs> What's <was> that? <laughs> Where can I buy a copy? Yeah. Did the Jason uh, Goodham.
2: It's in my head. and ah. You don't want to go there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So here in verse 42, Lutherans in uh, many... Reformation Christians will confess that the reference here Mm -hmm. to the breaking of the bread is a reference to the practice of the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And so you would have a very close proximity baptism being connected with the work of the church as Peter prescribed that everyone who uh, Mm -hmm. was hearing a sermon should repent and be baptized for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here you have the breaking of the bread. The institution... Of communion is in three of the four Gospels and also in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. And so that is prescriptive uh, and prayer, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: which is really the most dubious of all of them. The Bible doesn't really say much about prayer. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, no, no, never. never. Yeah. So you have a description of the early church based on the prescriptions mm-hmm. of God's word. What flows from that is a description of what was happening in the church because of these things. Now, mm-hmm. there are some ties that we can have and some connections that we have to modern day church, and there are some things we want to pump the brakes on. Mm-hmm. I, I think the awe of, of verse 43 is something the church needs to recapture. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of the move towards contemporary worship as a style, Mm -hmm. not as content here, as a style, has robbed the church of a sense of awe. Hmm. And and to the extent that I would level this criticism against contemporary praise and worship music, that because we have robbed the awe uh, in the worship service, Contemporary praise and worship music is artificially trying to reconstruct that through emotional manipulation, Okay, trying to work that frenzied awe of God's presence. And and here, it was a natural product of what was coming out of the prescribed practice of the church. Mm And my argument, and, and this is just an argument, you want to disagree with me, we can go round and round on this, and I will, is that... Contemporary worship service. We what we want the same outcome. We want God to be familiar. Mm-hmm. We have access to God because of the cross and the empty tomb. We do not want God and the things of God to be common.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, familiar but not common. And so awe is something to be noted from. Uh, Certainly descriptive are the wonders and signs of the apostles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, you know, we would confess based on a couple other passages in right. scripture we yeah. could go to that this was unique to the 12 apostles for the purpose of establishing the church and spreading the gospel in this unique time in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the focus of the church now is on the work of the Holy Spirit, not the work the Holy Spirit is doing through the apostles. Right, right. Uh, from there... Uh, you have the communism passage <laughs> verse 44 and 45. Yeah. Yeah, I'll throw this out to you before I give my opinion on this. What mm-hmm. What do you think the takeaway for the modern church is mm-hmm. on these couple of verses in the middle of our passage today?
0: I really see it um, used without context oftentimes to justify separating yourself from local the local congregation to try to get back to more of like a house church model yeah. and to some of those other things and i i find that interesting and i just said well you got to remember that that it was illegal <laughs> to be a christian at that point and the not only the the People of Israel were seeking to kill people who believed in Christ Jesus, so was the Roman government. And so there there was this underground nature to it. But to try to just extract um a literal meaning a literal reading of the text without the context of the text mm-hmm. uh, is oftentimes used to kind of support. You know, breaking away from organized uh, congregational life, and I think that's really a tragedy.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you've hit part of the nail on the head. With that is, uh, in a in a context where being a Christian is illegal your discovery of being a Christian, if it's not going to end in outright murder or execution, Mm -hmm. you have to realize that you were willfully separating yourself Mm -hmm. from the available welfare systems of the time. And I'm not talking simply about government welfare, Mm -hmm. but uh, you might be severed from your family and your support structure. Mm -hmm. You might be severed from the ability to participate in society. And in the case of the Roman government, depending on what period of time, if you didn't have the proper papers, you might be severed from being able to legally travel. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, so the the early generosity of the church was for the the specific circumstance of what, if the Jews are going to reject me and eventually the Romans are going to reject me, who's taking care of me? And Mm -hmm. the New Testament answer to that is the church.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. What I see here too is is a group of people that were, they had tasted of the gospel and the forgiveness of sins and flowing from that freedom. They did this voluntarily uh, to meet the needs of those around them.
2: Correct. I think the preaching point for the church today is generosity. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, far too yep. often,
2: and I, I am adamant about this, far too often generosity in the church is distilled down to the tithe. Mm -hmm. which is interesting because the tithe is an Old Testament concept, not even a New Testament concept. Uh, But uh, we have moved away significantly in Mm -hmm. the church of talking about generosity. Uh, In in the most generous way we talk about, we talk about stewardship. Mm -hmm. But I I think there's plenty of room in the church for us to talk about sacrificial generosity today. Um, I worked for a parachurch ministry Before and during seminary, and and my boss had something that I had never really considered Mm -hmm. uh, before he did it. And again, it's a matter of Christian freedom. Mm -hmm. But what he pointed out is only Christians give to the church. Mm-hmm. If you're giving to a secular charity, again, it's a matter of freedom, sure. and it's your money, but uh, s- s- plenty of people giving it to the Red Cross yeah, or to the United right. Way, only mm-hmm. Christians are giving to the church, right? right. And, and we need to be aware of that. Now, to the extent we have 2,000 years of church history where there have been incredibly generous... Mm-hmm. People that have funded major projects in the church or associated with the church. And yep. to that end, we praise God. We praise God for those in the church with the spiritual gift of unique generosity. Mm-hmm. But. But even in that context I think the church can be and needs to be better uh, about preaching about generosity mm-hmm. about talking about how our generosity flows out of the assurance of salvation and mm-hmm. operates within our vocation. Yeah. There we vocation, go. Vocation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there we, we got go. It. Yeah. It wasn't even artificial <laughs> that yeah, time. Right. Yeah,
1: that's right.
2: <laughs> So, so that's the middle verses, uh, uh, another intriguing talking point for us. Verse 46, mm-hmm. day by day, mm-hmm. uh, life in the early church, mm-hmm. uh, was a daily activity. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think, I think this is again, descriptive and not prescriptive, right? but it's extending your family.
1: hmm
2: to the level of your local congregation. Yeah. I that's, think that's is the good. principle for us. It's, Love
1: that. it's well, there's other New Testament verses that talk about that, and, you know, encourage one another day by day. Yeah. Or while it's still called today, I might be conflating two different verses together. It's, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs>
2: but but I think for far too many American Christians, church is a destination mm-hmm. or church is another compartment mm, mm-hmm. of our life where uh, I've been a part of churches. And and again, this is the church functioning as the body of Christ with the spiritual gifts. But I was a part of a church where if anything ever unfortunate happened to a member, there was a group of ladies that automatically set up a meal program mm-hmm. that was for pregnancies, yeah. for for debilitating injuries or illnesses for, mm-hmm. okay, this person we just found out lost their job. Let's give them two weeks of meals so they don't have mm-hmm. to worry about groceries while they get their heads yeah. set about them. And those sorts of things should m- regularly mark the activity of the church again yeah, yeah. as a response to the gospel, not as a fulfillment right. of the gospel yeah, exactly. mm. in our vocations mm-hmm. naturally. Mm-hmm. and And we are not permitted by scripture to say, well, generosity is something someone else does. Mm-hmm. We can still practice generosity while simultaneously realizing others have a unique gift of supernatural generosity mm-hmm. that others don't possess. They're, those are related, but different things. Mm-hmm. So that's verse 46, uh, the the generosity or the the hospitality and the regular participating. And then after all of that is said and done. We get to praise,
1: mm.
2: praising God, having favor with all the people, which are just an amazing kind of juxtaposition mm-hmm. mm. what what percentage of churches and i'll again I'll throw this out to both of you guys. what percentage of churches in America today would you say would have some sort of confession? the primary activity of the church is to praise
0: hmm <laughs> Well, they should. I mean, I think the I think the, the the thing here is I think sometimes, and this has maybe been a bit of a soapbox for me, and I is that I think we separate worship into just praise. Yeah, it's you synonym, know, synonymous. To me, yeah. um, I believe, honestly, vocation and worship are really synonyms in describing the same exact thing because worship doesn't just mean going to church and singing a couple songs. It's your whole entire life lived as an act of worship to a, a holy God. And so I think... A lot of it is just doing a disservice to how the Bible talks about worship itself. And so how I see it honestly, and I hope this comes across um, Got my hair. Loving, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that we've kind of become lazy in understanding mm-hmm. how the Bible portrays worship itself, and so I do. I think that there's a misconception, and therefore people will kind of compartmentalize aspects of worship that shouldn't be compartmentalized. There's been, there's
2: been mm-hmm. a lot of mission creep with the terms. Okay, what about you, Brett? What do you think? What percentage of American churches would say what we do primarily is praise?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I can see. A lot of you know non-denominational churches talking about praise being kind of the main thing, yeah. um, focusing on that, zooming in on that as, as what gathers them together, um, maybe a certain style even sometimes of, of how we praise.
2: It's the reason they gather together mm-hmm. and the primary focus, yeah. highlight and climax of the service right. is the praise time. Right. Everything Mm -hmm. either flows out of that or builds up to it, or maybe there's multiple praise times Mm -hmm. in a worship service. Okay. So stop, take a deep breath. Praise is good. Mm -hmm. We don't ridicule praise, we don't condemn praise. Right. Praise is a part of worship, it is not perfectly synonymous yeah. with mm-hmm. worship. From a Lutheran conception, based on what our confessions teach, mm-hmm. worship is actually receiving what God gives us. The sure. focus of the worship service is God wants us. That's why some to receive its, call
1: it divine service. The divine service. God
2: is servicing mm-hmm. serving us in the worship service, and we respond with praise. Mm-hmm. But what I worry in American in contemporary American Christianity, if praise is the 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 focus of what we do, mm-hmm. and maybe this is unfair, i don't I'm not trying to intentionally make it unfair. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening then is the focus of the worship service, isn't Christ? Isn't the object of praise? It's the quality of the, praise, the subject, or the yeah. or the style yeah. the, of praise. The warm, Consumerism
0: fuzzies. has definitely made more of a performance mindset in this area, well, and I think we have to be very careful um, that to not do that, to kind of adopt this performance mentality. To that end, uh, I have had several people in my
2: ten years at my congregation mm-hmm. tell me that they can't worship with us because mm. the praise and worship style doesn't align with their preferences. Mm-hmm. I I will appreciate style to an extent. Mm -hmm. It's the the variety of human ceremonies in the church not needing to be uniform is part of what we're teaching here in Article 7 Mm -hmm. of the Augsburg Confession. At the same time, praise doesn't show up in this particular passage until the very end not as an afterthought, Mm -hmm. but as an outcome of everything else the church is doing. Mm -hmm. And in fact, praise is juxtaposed with what the world thinks of the church. The church gathered together praises God. Mm -hmm. The church gathered together is in favor with all the people, is, is serving neighbors as the church. And I just... I think we have an unfortunate focus in American Christianity that what the church does is praise. And it's certainly a part of what the church does, but at least the way I see it here, it's not the primary focus, it's mm-hmm. not the central focus, it's not the premier activity of the church. But
0: it's definitely a part of it it's because definitely there a part is, of it. Uh, the psalms mm-hmm. just really ring that true, but there is something that happens within our part Heart, When we begin to sing praises to God, whether you have a great voice or not, there is something beautiful that does work in our heart as yep. we take our eyes off of ourselves and sing praises yep. to a holy God who is who worthy.
2: And, and to that end, the praise flows back, and it flows from the apostles' teaching, mm-hmm. and it flows from the fellowship, and it flows out of the observance of the sacraments, mm-hmm. and it flows and, and it joins together with prayer. Mm-hmm. Some, of, some of the best songs in church history— our prayers, mm-hmm. oh. you know, and, and and we should realize that. Yeah. Uh, but what's interesting to me if is if we properly understand and maybe even uh, think about this, and I'll go there, and if I need to walk it back <laughs> later, I will. If we if we properly order, yeah, the structure of the church, the outcome is the last phrase in this section, the Lord. Mm-hmm. Added to their number day by day, those were being saved. Now again, mm-hmm. that's that's a unique description because you know, literally people are being saved left and right when there mm-hmm. isn't a church and the gospel's going for it, all this thing. That's fine. How many church growth programs mm-hmm. are there out there right now that completely ignore this?
1: The fact that that, it's
2: the Lord doing it? That the Lord is doing it Mm -hmm. with this specific structure and perhaps specific order. Mm -hmm. That a church ordered around the word of God and the fellowship of the saints and the sacraments and the prayers of the church and the generosity and hospitality of the saints Mm -hmm. and the praise of the saints. The outcome of that, God working Mm -hmm. through the church, the Holy Spirit doing that work, saving souls.
0: Yeah, you
2: yeah. know, I, I, I just, it, it, it is
0: detrimental to the existence of the church that we're ignoring this right now. In my mm-hmm. opinion, hmm. I think it can be. I think it is it really dangerous, and I think that, well, the one thing that I, it's really, really kind of a, about balance and doing the work, uh, and and really as best we can trying to understand the context in which. Um, the ecclesia part of God's plan of salvation was birthed in Acts chapter two and then how it played out. But I don't think that any less, it's any less important to see how the church then progressed through history, Mm -hmm. you know, in those first five centuries, especially when it became legal to actually be a Christian again. And the ecumenical councils that were established, uh, the constant there the Nicene Creed we call the Nicene Creed. I was going to say it by the Nice the Nice CEO Con- Constantinopolitan <laughs> Creed. There it is, yeah. and then easy the for Chal- you to say, yeah, yeah the, right. the, the the Chalcedonian Creed, and then how the organized church did become quite organized. I don't think that's any less valid. Um, I don't. I'm not putting it on par with Scripture, but how the Holy Spirit then guided the church uh, to become uh, congregationally, you know, congregational in nature, mm-hmm. and continue in to to allow Christ to build his church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Well, and,
2: and it's that picture of the 3D pendulum, or or if you want something easier to imagine, a tire swing. Mm-hmm. right? It, it swings in all of these directions, but we don't want to overemphasize anything over and above the gospel, mm-hmm. over the centrality of the cross, or we're going to be in error, we're going to be off-center, we're going to be doing that. And you know, I thought we would end up talking about this way more than we ended up talking about, yeah, but right. this mm. article is near and dear to the heart of who we are in Mm -hmm. the Association of Free Lutheran Congregations, because our confession is that everything we've been talking about the Big C Church Mm -hmm. happens in the local congregation, and that's what sets apart the congregation from other organizations, Mm -hmm. other structures, Mm -hmm. everything, is that when we see the church operating as the church, what we see is the local congregation, and that's who we are as Free Lutherans.
0: Yep. Amen. All right. Well... I just thought it'd be really appropriate to read Hebrews chapter 10, if that's okay, beginning in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain that is through His flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful amen and let us consider how to stir up the one i'm sorry let us consider how to stir up one another (laughs) to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as the day we see is drawing near amen Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the Lutheran Confessions. God bless you and have a great week.